And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this Saturday, the 14th of December, 2019. We hope you are in the midst of some uh, mistletoe and some eggnog and uh, getting ready to enjoy. <laughs> Not the... necessarily in that order. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there would be a better order <laughs> with the mistletoe. Yeah. Uh, having uh, someone that you care about, then having the eggnog, and then the mistletoe. Thank you for correcting me, Mr. Heist. Well, well right. the gang is back. Stan the Fan, Craig Heist in studio, Ryan McGittigan uh, on the board, and we are here for another two hours of baseball talk, scintillating baseball talk just off the winter meetings. And, Craig, uh, our guest list today, Mel Anton and MassonSports.com, who spent his uh, past week in San Diego Mike Shallon, a New Hampshire Union leader who spent uh, his past week in his, uh, in his apartment home. in his home in Boston. Uh, Richard Justice, who was out at the Winter Baseball Meetings for MLB.com, will join us at uh, 11.05 and then at 11.35, Bill Latson, both Justice and Latson, right for MLB.com. Mike Shallon, by the way. Official score at a lot of Red Sox games, probably 40 of them at least. And um, also he writes columns for the New Hampshire Union Leader, among other things. He's a prolific book writer as well. Uh, Craig Heist is with me in studio. Craig, you and I were 3,000 miles away from the action, but uh, the Nationals certainly both in the positive and the negative in terms of signing someone and missing on one of their own, were uh, right there in prime time. Right there in prime time, and I, I think everybody knew that this winter meetings was going to be a little bit different than the last one uh, that we had. We're absolutely you mean nothing. there was going to be a pulse? Yeah, there was going to be a pulse this year, and uh, there certainly was. And with the Nationals, they lose Anthony Rendon uh, to the Angels for the exact contract that they signed uh, Steven Strasburg to and was able to retain him seven years, $245 million, which comes down to a cool $35 million a year. And uh, I don't think – now, there's a lot of people that are saying, well, they can sign one, they can't sign the other. Mark Lerner said that. I've seen other reports that says, you know, that the Nationals could certainly have signed both of them, uh, and, and I think they could have. That's my general take out of it. Uh, but God bless Anthony. He was here, uh, you know, for the longest time. I thought he was a a great player that never got his due. Uh, when you when you when everybody talks, he was, all, he was often behind, in the shadow of Bryce Harper. Well, even he was in the shadow up, of Bryce Harper. Yeah. He was in the shadow of Nolan Arenado. Uh, and and I just thought if you anybody that saw this guy play on a daily basis knows what a tremendous talent and great ball player he is and was for the Nationals. And he's going to get put in a lineup that's going to have uh, Mike Trout, Noel, uh, Albert Pujols, uh, they're going to have An- Simmons. Andrelton Simmons. Uh, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, right, exactly. So from an offensive standpoint. Note okay. how we, none of us mentioned Albert Pujols. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I, you know, absolutely from a, 
from an offensive standpoint, you're never. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the Angels. Now, from a pitching standpoint, that's a totally different animal. Who can they get? Who can Joe Madden get uh, to to round out a rotation and make them competitive from that department? Because Stan, I think we saw it last year. I think for all everybody wants to talk about analytics, but in 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 the bottom end of it, what it boils down to for me is. Do you have the horses in your rotation that can get you through six, seven innings and then turn it over to your bullpen? And that was the formula for the Nationals, no question about it. And that's why I said if it had to come down to one or the other, I think it's a no-brainer you go after Strasburg because you need pitching and you need yeah. that to you need your pitching to stay healthy, number one, all year long. But you need those big arms and you need those bulldogs at the top end of your rotation. Yeah, and no question the Nationals, when Max Scherzer's healthy, they've got three of them at the top of their rotation. Right. And, and, and not and, a bad four. And not and a and bad four, no. Sense. And, you know, when you think about uh, Joe Ross and, and both and, you know, Fetty, if he's a part of it next year – in that fifth spot, you have three guys who are very viable. And, you know, if if you're looking for a long guy out of the pen, certainly one of those guys fit that bill. I happen to think that uh, Ross would make an excellent relief pitcher over time. First of all, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I think of, of Fetty, Voth, and him. I like his stuff much better. But I also think he could be really a dominant go along with Doolittle because I wanted to ask you my next question was if they were to to bring Hudson back mm-hmm. don't you think it would have been done already almost that he he wasn't that big a ticket item and I wonder if because of how successful he is he's never made big money that he's looking to get a two or three year contract he probably is but then again somebody's going to have to offer him that yep. and uh you know, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm Mike Rizzo, I don't mind waiting this one out a little bit. I think the Nationals would like to have him back without what do question. You, what do you think the right tag is? Is it two years, seven and a half? Two I would years, say eight? somewhere in that area, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, one other player, certainly not front burner, but wouldn't you have thought that Ryan Zimmerman, if he were due to be back with the Nationals, that that sort of, along with getting Kendrick signed, getting Gomes signed, that that would have been sort of in that range of $5 million deal and done already. I'm, I'm thinking probably two years at, uh, you know, you know 12. 10, 10 or 12 million. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's indicated the money's not an issue. He wants to be back. I don't see the Nationals not bringing him back in any way, shape, or form. I think he's going to be a part of this team. So for a fan standpoint, Chill out on that. I, I think Ryan Zimmerman's part of this ball club, yeah. at least for the next two years. Isn't it a shame that he never really lost his skill at no. fielding at third base? It's a shame that he doesn't have the the shoulder the, the yeah. shoulder yeah. to play yeah. third and, and base know, right. because he would have been. In fact, that's sort of how Rendon got the opening to start to be the yeah, everyday third base because they had to move Ryan to first base. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know the one thing we know about Ryan offensively is that if he stays healthy and I've said this over and over and over again if he stays healthy throughout the course of the year and we saw it a couple of years ago you're looking at a 25 to 30 home run guy at least now in his career a 25 home run guy with about 80 to 90 RBI 
the Orioles, the flip side of the Nationals being front and center, the Orioles did what they always do under Dan Duquette they and were, now Mike Elias. They were front and center in the Rule 5, rule five draft. draft. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they picked up two good arms here in Brandon Bailey. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go over, it's interesting, Brandon Bailey comes from Houston where, of course, Sig Maydell and Mike Elias are familiar with him. Michael Rucker comes over from the Cubs, mm-hmm. where Brandon Hyde, Hyde has some familiarity. Right, exactly. And then they pick up the infielder and outfielder, two international signings by the Indians, Cespedes and Santiago. I think Cespedes is the outfielder. Santiago, Wilbus Santiago is the infielder. Interestingly enough, they both come from the Cleveland organization where Kobe Perez has been their international well, guy. That's all the part last of putting your, that's all part of putting your coaching staff together, yeah. and and the new coaches that have been hired have, have ties have to, ties to other people in yeah. other places, and certainly you know that kind of thing comes full circle. So that's not a bad thing. Right now, those two international players. How long before we see them? How long before? Uh, they're making any kind of an impact, even at the minor league level. We'll just have to wait and see. But it's interesting. Those two guys go along with the two guys we picked up for Kashner. Mm-hmm. There's four position players that quietly have been picked up in the organization, but clearly the focus has been on pitching, including picking up Cole Solzer, like right at the end of the, the baseball season. The Orioles picked him up from Tampa they have now acquired eight other pitchers in Logan Easton, or Easton Logan, excuse me, the four pitchers we got from the Angels, um, Matson, Brinovich, Bradish, Peak. that's four, and Easton Logan is five, and now these two guys here, they picked up, and uh, Marcus Deplan, yeah. that's eight pitchers, nine pitchers, including Solzer, that the Orioles have picked up. I guess they didn't really like their options last year um, too much in in when they needed to go to the minor league. Right, you know, and and, and again, that's all part of this rebuild is trying to stockpile that minor league system with talent that eventually you have a chance to bring up here and make an impact. And until that happens, folks, I'm sorry to say, but this is going to be a little bit longer maybe than some people thought. But, uh, you know, there were fans clamoring and, you know, uh, very distraught about VR being gone, and you know why did they go ahead and and get rid of him first? You know, not pick up any anything or offer him anything, but then they wind up trading him. Uh, and uh, to me, VR is a a piece that if it you're, made if the, you're the Orioles, it would have made the team more entertaining. And if you're at least you know what kind of year you're looking at. Yeah. Probably another hundred loss season or yeah. close to it. But if from a fan standpoint, you want to have a reason to bring guy, people out to the ballpark, and I think that kind of left with VR. I, I think with the upside being that the club could have gone, what they they lost 115 in 18. Right. They lost what 107, 107 this year. Last year, yeah. Let's just say Bundy and VR had terrific years. You're probably going to lose 95 minimally, right? Yeah, well, you would think, yeah. So now they're back to losing the 107, 108, maybe, you know, unless uh, Brandon Bailey and a couple of these other arms come through. I think they're doing the right thing. And I'll tell you what I really like, more so than who they traded away, what I like is I'm not hearing, 
I'm not hearing, which I really think you would have heard if uh, Duquette and Buck were here, and it wouldn't have been Buck's first decision, but I think Dan Duquette was such a win-now guy that you would have been hearing, well, we think Michael Bowman can come up. Right. Uh, we think uh, D.L. Hall can, can come up. These guys are not being rushed at all, and to me, um, Exhibit A and B are Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman. Now, I know with Bundy you had the injuries, but I think you'd agree that in retrospect, both of those guys were rushed to the major leagues well, because yeah. there was a need at the major league level, whereas this team, uh, this regime is saying, we'll take our lumps now to develop these guys fully. I, I think so, too, and I think, you, you know, you think back to the glory days of the Orioles, Everybody talks about the Oriole way, and that was making your way through every avenue in the minor league system, and you didn't get to play with the big club until you were ready to play yeah. with the big club. And you remember when they first brought up Dennis Martinez, when they first brought up Storm Davis, they weren't thrown immediately into the rotation. There was a Sammy Stort. There was a period where they were in the bullpen sort of plying and learning their and, trade a little bit. And unfortunately, Stan, those days are long gone where, you know, the emphasis— We were much younger We were much young, younger people back then, right. And, you know, it, it's, it, it kind of makes you long for those days again because yeah. you know it was being done right all throughout the system. Yeah, the Oriole way was the right way. Right. That's another way to call it. It's being done. Other organizations did it. The Orioles just happen to be one of the very best for a long time. I think so, too. This is the bat around. Uh, we remind you that our guest list today includes Mel Antonin, who's going to join us in about five minutes. Mel of MassInSports.com did a terrific job for the network out in San Diego. Had some terrific interviews out there with people like Barry Blum, Jenny Finch, and um, Joe Torre. He did a great interview with Joe Torre out there. Um We'll also have one at 1045 from the New Hampshire Union leader, our friend Mike Shallon. 1105, Richard Justice is due to join us, provided he gets out of a meeting on time. And then at 1135, our very good friend, Bill Latson from MLB.com. Have you communicated with Mr. Latson this week about uh, picking up Mr. Garrett Cole? No, I have not, and I'm really kind of disappointed because I expected a text on my phone saying, Hey man, what do you think? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, I got that text. Yeah, yeah he said gonna... to me, he said, "What do you think, man?" <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, he and I are Q-tip tight now. All right, well, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Be careful where that Q-tip goes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, we're broadcasting <laughs> from the live casino studios. That's right. Right where we here. keep this clean. All our stuff is clean with Q-tips. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. Where we keep all of it clean. All yes. right. Live Casino Hotel Studio is the place we are broadcasting from. We'll remind you that uh, this program is also brought to you by, and by the way, I, I organized this whole thing here. So you'll know where things are. So I know exactly where things are. And, of course, the first thing I do is... Is not, not know where things it. are. <laughs> <laughs> not remember where I put that. Hold on. Where is that thing? Hold on. I know it's here. It's uh, Here it is. No, mm -hmm. Hold on. We're I holding. Know I know it's here. We're holding. I'll tell you what, the other thing uh, 
I saw I saw Mel Anton do last uh, during the week on Masson was he interviewed he interviewed uh, uh, Mad Dog Russo. Yes, he did. And uh, you know, God love Chris, and and I've known him for years. And we used to hang out together a little bit in spring training when he'd make the rounds during doing right. his show. Right. And uh, when either he'd, uh, at the time, when he'd come to Fort Lauderdale or up in Vieira when the Nationals were training up there, uh, we'd get together, maybe go out and do a lunch thing here and there. But, uh, you know, to sit there and listen, the first thing he says out of his mouth to Mel was, you know, about Kurt Schilling was, well, you know, they put Messina in, and if they're going to put Messina in, they got to put Kurt Schilling in. Yeah. Pile of garbage. <laughs> um, I don't equate the two of them. I think Messina no. had the much better career than than Kurt Schilling. Yes, he did. I do think Kurt, if he's going to get in, this is the year. You've got Derek Jeter's going to get in, yep. obviously. Do you think Jeter gets 100%? I don't think so. Probably not, but if he doesn't, I don't know why he wouldn't. Because uh, he's a cheater. Huh? Yeah, he's a cheater. He's Der- a cheater. Yeah, Derek Cheater. Derek Don't you Cheater. remember that one play where he pretended he got hit and he's jumping around and the video showed the ball never, never came close? Never touched me. Well, of course, him. a lot of guys Derek do that. Cheater. Derek yeah. Cheater. That's what I call him. Okay, good. Anyway. Um, well, then you can make the argument that Buck let him get the final hit of his career to drive in the game-winning run against the, uh, the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. You, you could, could say, say that, that. yeah. Uh, but I think Jeter, obviously, he's going in whether it's 95, 97, 98, or oh, 100. He's a, he's a stone lock. cold lock first I think, ballot all the time. I think Larry Walker goes in this year. I understand it's his last year of eligibility. eligibility yeah. I think he goes in, and I think Schilling may, may get in. Do you think Bonds or Clemens get no, in? No, Bonds and Clemens will not get in. The closest one to that is... Uh, is Clemens, I think, at 60% last yeah, year. Yeah. So he's he needs another 15%. I don't, don't see that. You don't think it no. coming. All right. I think I this is a year that one of those two might possibly get in there. I, I just we'll don't think. Well, a lot of it just depends on how the voters still view the steroid era. Now, I mean, me, do they deserve to be in? Absolutely. Both deserve to be in. Now, have you done a close look at uh, Billy Wagner? I haven't, went I haven't up from paid about, that much attention. but Wagner went up from about 6% to 16% last mm-hmm. year. I'll bet, I'm not saying he goes in, but with it not being quite as obvious this year, would not surprise me if he goes up in the 40s, Billy Wagner. That's possible. He, I don't know whether it'll be that big a jump, but yeah. uh, certainly last year was a 10-point uh, bump for him. 422 saves. Yeah. In 903 innings, had 1,186 strikeouts. His whip was lower than Mariana Rivera's by mm-hmm. two-tenths of a point. He's at 0.998. Mariana Rivera was one, exactly yeah. one. So I think Billy Wagner is the second greatest relief pitcher that the game has seen. I think he's really a marvelous player. Yeah, I can't argue with that, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you look at the trends, you look at the voting, and – now, how long does it take for him to get even sniffing 75%? All right. Well, we can make our call to Mel Antonin. Uh, but one other player last night on on Mid-Atlantic Sports Report, Eric Delinsky, the producer, put up some names of guys, you know, Cliff Lee and um, who was the other pitcher he put up there? Oh, God, I can't remember. But Cliff Lee has 143 wins. Yeah. And the other pitcher was 138 wins. Neither of them's getting in the Hall of Fame. 
Bobby Abreu. Abreu. Bobby Abreu, yeah. Very interesting player, though, when you look at the totality of his numbers. 291 batting average. Yeah. Uh, 283 home runs. 1,300-plus RBIs. And 400 stolen bases. That doesn't pass the smell test for me uh, as far as Hall of Fame goes. But uh, I will say this. Having watched that guy and having covered that guy, uh, a dangerous hitter. Uh, an outfield arm that certainly had to be dealt with, right? Uh, but he doesn't necessarily pass the smell test for me. Well, I'll somebody who does, though, who's that? <laughs> That's Melanin. right? Well, he we don't have him just oh. yet. Okay, he does pass. The he smell does test. pass the smell. I sit next to him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, over there. So you uh, would know more than me. Yeah, <laughs> we have him now. All right. Speaking of the smell test, and That's Mel right. Antonin joins us now. Back from San Diego, California. Mel, first of all, great week of work for you on the Masson Sports uh, Network. Uh, was it a lot of fun this year? Oh, yeah. it's how, the, the baseball winter meetings are a lot of fun. They're a lot of work from 7 in the morning till 10 at night. But uh, they're a lot of fun. You get a chance to talk baseball, see friends, and, um, you know, Talk about what's gonna, what may or may not happen. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, but that's all part of the fun. Yeah, and he's he, he's totally reporters right. Reporters generally take one kernel of popcorn and turn it into a jumble bag in seconds. Right, and Mel <laughs> Mel is absolutely right. You go from seven in the morning until ten at night, and usually sometimes even longer than that. And what happens is when you're making that trip, whatever city you're going to, you're saying, well, you know, I might get a chance to go see that. No, you're in the hotel, and you don't leave the hotel for four straight days. Yeah, I have to laugh at hearing some of the executives in different interviews, either with Mel or or on XM Radio, talking about what a great city, San Diego. It's great to get out of here and all. Uh, You're in that hotel the entire entire four or five days yeah yeah it's true um you get maybe 10 or 15 minutes here and there to step outside san diego weather is incredible the views from the hotel were great particularly from mike elias's room <laughs> he had a great view of uh of the water with some uh aircraft carriers uh, right outside his hotel room which is that was probably the most exciting thing and i remember asking mike i said what do you think of this view and sarcastically he said well, I can live with it, but yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it was an absolute spectacular view. The thing is, he's so busy, I'm not sure he even got to notice the view. Did you? I'm just curious now, you, you were there last year, uh, and the game, where were they, in Las Vegas last Las year? Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, did you detect that he had things much more under control? Last year was kind of like um, a nine-alarm fire. He had just been hired like three weeks before the meetings, it seemed like there's a lot more composure now. Oh, yeah, a lot more planning. It just makes sense. He'd just come on board last year, so he was trying to hire a manager. He was just trying to get organized. You couldn't really focus on on development and setting setting a tone and setting a philosophy and setting a, a direction. He had to get the foundation set first. So, yeah, he... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot less stress this time around. And probably a lot more fun for him because the fun part of the job is planning a roster, making trades, evaluating players. But, you know, last, last year he wasn't able to do that. He had, he, had so much, he had so much going. Mel, we were talking, Craig and I, it's very interesting. Uh, obviously we weren't in the, in the main news of, of, you know, signing yeah. a big free agent, making a big trade at these meetings. 
but the four players they come away with all have connections to people in the organization. Bailey, the pitcher with Houston, Rucker with uh, Brandon Hyde and the Cubs, and then the two international guys that they took in the minor league uh, Rule 5 uh, are both tied to Kobe Perez. Yeah, uh, I think it's, I think it just shows that, you know, you have to know the players. You have to get to know the players that you're bringing into the organization as well as possible. And it's one thing to scout them, see them live. It's one thing to, to uh, see them on video and read reports about them. It's another thing to study their analytics. But, you know, the more you know somebody, the better off you are. So I know that, you know, with those players, particularly Mike Elias coming out of Houston, they're much more comfortable. So the more time you can spend with somebody, the more you know about them, the better chance you have to be successful with them. And, and so you got a great point there. The thing Mike Elias said before the Rule 5 draft, he didn't say, he didn't say that they were going to go after a lot of starting pitching. Uh, he would never say that. That would be the priority. But the point was, I, I think reading between the lines, that if starting pitching was available, that was going to be the priority. And obviously it's very important. It's a big need for the Orioles. We're talking with Mel Anton of MassonSports.com. He just got back from San Diego, and he joins us right now. Correct? All right, the big elephant in the room for the Nationals, Mel. Obviously, they re-signed uh, Steven Strasburg, and they let Anthony Rendon get away to the Angels. Ironically, the contract numbers are identical, uh, and, and people were asking me about it and what I thought, and I said, well, if you had to have one or the other, I said I would uh, pick the pitching end of it almost every time, and it looks like that's the way that this turned out uh, for Mike Rizzo. Yeah, I agree. Pitching is much. You'd rather have a strong pitching staff with an ER with a rotation that's in the top five in ERA than to have poor pitching and an offense that has to score nine or ten runs every night to win a game. So, um, well, I think I, I think Anthony's going to find that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of 13 to 11 games, and I don't know if he knows what he's getting into in Anaheim. There is there are there are no pitchers, right. Andrew Haney, uh, Dylan Bundy, but that's basically it. Then they've got a bunch of prospects. Albert Pujols is 39. Mike Trout, you know, obviously he's got a 440 on base percentage, but um, but um, you know he can't do it all, and Rendon can't do it all either. So. You win with pitching. Joe Madden, the Angels manager, said that several times at the winter meetings. We've got to have some pitching. We've got to have some pitching. Again, you'd rather have the best ERA in the league than the best run-producing team in the yeah, league. Oh, absolutely. Mel, uh, the Nationals with Rendon gone, I, I know the, the talk is that you know they're turning their attention to Josh Donaldson. I would say that there's still three teams active in the Donaldson hunt at least and that's the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Nats. What if they don't get Donaldson? Well, then, then, and I'm not sure they will. If Donaldson wants a four-year contract of $25 million a year, do you really want to pay a third baseman, 38 years old, that kind of money? I'm not sure. Uh, but if not, then you're going to have to go with somebody like Starlin Castro or maybe even their prospect, Carter, Carter Keyboom. Can he play third base next year? And then load up at second base. There's... You know, you can make up some of Rendon's offensive numbers by signing a second baseman with power. I'm thinking, you know, Dozer coming back wouldn't hurt. Uh, Jonathan Scope would be good. Jason Kipnis would be good. 
you know, you could load up with an offensive player at second base and then see what you can get at third base with guys like, you know, somebody like Carter Keeboom. Hoping Keeboom could do for the infield what Soto and Robles did for the outfield when Harper left. But uh, there's not a lot. Everybody's talking about Starlin Castro would be a possibility. Uh, But other than that, it's slim pickings, and it feels like what the Nats have to do is four years to Donaldson or... What you know, about what be a about, little more creative outside the box? What about being creative outside the box with, uh, say, Kyle Seeger? Uh, if you could trade maybe one of the three pitchers at the back end of that rotation, both Fetty or Ross, for a Kyle Seeger? Well, that would be good. If if, if you could, you'd you'd have to find another pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, you like to have seven or eight pitchers that are ready to go. Maybe. Uh, a couple in the minor leagues, so that would be another option. If Seattle, um, if Seattle would trade Seager, Seager would be a good possibility. My feeling is, my guess is that Seattle would be asking for more in prospects, and the Nats are uh, are willing to give up. But if they did trade either any of those three pitchers, they'd have to they'd have to sign somebody else just to make up the depth because the Nats, the way they win and the way they go about this. They like to have about seven or eight pitchers in their system. He's owed thirty-seven million for the next two years. He's not cheap, but suppose Seattle took say five million back and a, a, an arm, you know. And let's see. not forget the possibility of Michael A. Taylor being thrown in. That's a possibility as as part of that. Now the Nationals would have to decide whether or not uh, they want to part with who, a guy who. Can play every day. I think. Yeah. One of the one of the better defensive good centers. Insurance policies, right. He's, but he's a hell of an insurance policy for that club. If Robles goes down or Eaton goes down, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mel, from from what you gathered out there, and I know a lot of what we gather when we're at the winter baseball meetings is just standing around the lobby and talking and hearing. Um, what's the market looking like for Daniel Hudson? And do you think it, this will get done, or do you think he's going to price himself a little a little beyond Mike Rizzo's appetite? I think there's a huge market for him. Just about every contending team needs starting pitching. He would love to come back to Washington, no question about it. I mean, who wouldn't, given what Washington did for him? Yep. Uh, he would like to come back, but the market is very strong for him. Uh, just about every contender outside of Atlanta and maybe the Yankees uh, – well, you could use bullpen help, and that's why it's taking so long. Is because he's he's got a lot of offers to sift through. I really think number one, he would love to return to Washington. He's got kind of a legacy here, but you know, it may not happen. We found out how far he can throw his glove. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great story, Craig. As you know, I mean, this yep. is a guy that was cut from the Angel Spring Training uh, team in, in spring training last year, ended up going to Toronto, changing some mechanics and then ended up doing exactly what he did with the Nats. It's a great story. It's a great story. And uh, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I, I look at this team right now, if they, you know, and, and I, I think the nationals, uh, from what I've read and what I've heard is that they are definitely talking about Donaldson, but they, they know flat out it's going to cost them four years if they do that. Uh, so, again, would you like him? Yeah, sure. I think everybody would. Uh, 
Uh, I know there's some clubhouse issues that people talk about with him at times, but I have a friend in Atlanta, and we had him on the show last week, Kevin McAlpin, who covers the Braves uh, for Braves Radio, and he says you couldn't get a better guy in their clubhouse. So Yeah, he's. I think he's proven himself over the yeah. years. Uh, he's just such a good hitter. Um, and he and I, I don't I haven't heard anything about the clubhouse issues there may well be but four years is a lot and I think the the if it were two year contract I don't think there'd be any question but a four year contract then you have to say that I'm going to pay a third baseman somewhere between twenty and twenty five million dollars a year at age thirty eight that's not necessarily good business that's not necessarily business that the Nats uh, want to do but boy they're in a predicament because if they do make a trade for Seager or if they sign Castro, it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. A, a quick question. Is there a skinnable cat with Donaldson, say, at three, at 27 and a half or 28? So you, you pay him more than your appetite per annum would be, but you don't pay that fourth year. Yeah. I, that, I think that would be very favorable for the Nats. Yeah. But I don't know what Donaldson thinks. I don't know what he wants. And it is amazing the position he is in. Mm-hmm. When you consider he was a year ago, he was, there were so many questions around him, like can he play, can he not play. Remember when he got the big contract with Atlanta for one year, everybody said, what are the Braves doing? Yeah. Now he's got three contending teams that want him. So that would be a better deal for the Nats that you described, Stan the Fan, but, yep. you know, who knows? Uh, a question. Uh, we're not used to seeing Andrew Freeman get out of his comfort level of going after the big guys for six or seven years. Not only did he go after them, but he was shunned by both Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon. Where do they turn next? And, um, you know, uh, do you think Mad Bum is a lock to go there? And if they get him, does Rayu still fit there as well? Yeah, I think... I think either Rayu or Bumgarner could come back. Uh, I think teams like Cincinnati and the Twins have been shut out of the market. I think if the Twins could have struck early with either Mad Bum or Hingen Rayu, they probably would have had him. But now that Cole and Strasburg have signed their contracts, Rayu and Bumgarner are asking for a lot more. The question for Bumgarner is, would he really go pitch for the Giants' biggest rival, the Dodgers? Yeah. Would that hurt his legacy in San Francisco, and does he worry about that at all? In my mind, that would be a legitimate question to ask Madison Bumgarner. We have seen players go to rival teams, but, you know, this is a pretty special deal. Mad Bum and his World Series legacy in San Francisco all of a sudden going to the Dodgers. I would think it would be an issue with San Francisco fans. And I would think that Madison Bumgarner would think twice before signing with the Dodgers. On the other hand... You know, $100 million would take care of that probably. Uh, you know, uh, it probably would. But the other part of it is if you've seen Mad Bum on the mound when he's gotten into these little scuffles uh, with a, a batter that he maybe thought he was throwing at him or whatever, I don't think Mad Bum cares a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. He's the forgotten man. Everybody keeps thinking, is he done, is he done, is he done? He's 30 years old. He had a great ERA. He threw 200 innings in 2019. And none of his injuries in the past have been mechanical pitching injuries like elbow or shoulder. I mean, he hurt his, you know, he had that dirt bike accident that bruised his shoulder, and then he, he had a comebacker where he broke his finger. But you get the feeling that if you can get Mad Bum for $100 million, 
that's a pretty good deal. Hey, last uh, quick question for you, Mel, and we appreciate Mel joining us. We're in the live casino hotel studio. Mel, uh, the Orioles, do you think that come uh, spring training that Michael Givens and Trey Mancini will both be on the team? Will Givens go, Mancini back, or it's an unknown right now? I think it's un- uh, I think I think you have to play the odds, and I think Mancini will stay because I'm not sure what the market is for for. I mean, Mancini's a good player, but I don't, I'm not sure there's a market for for the price that the Orioles would want for Mancini. So I think Mancini stays, and I think Givens. There's a much better chance that Givens gets traded simply because contenders are always looking for bullpen pitchers, and as we all know, once Givens settled in in the second half, he pitched pretty well the final two months of the season. All right, we'll hope to maybe hook up with you one more time before spring training, just as that's about to kick off. I'll see you sometime in the studio, Mel, over on Masson with the Mid-Atlantic Sports Report. Thank you very much for joining us, Mel. You guys, it's great to be with you. Have a good one. Have a great holiday season, too, Mel. All right. We are broadcasting, as I said, from the Live Casino Hotel Studios. And the Bat Around is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Press Box's Project Game Day is back, and it will be here all season. But it won't be on this Sunday. It'll be on the following Sunday when the Ravens go to Cleveland. You'll see Glenn Clark and hear Glenn Clark at halftime of the game and after the game with special guest co-hosts such as the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Press Box's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. Like Press Box on Facebook and Facebook.com slash Press Box Sports and watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. And it's brought to you by some great partners like the Costas Inn, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmission, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. And speaking of the Costas Inn, Craig, uh, what's the latest out there? Well, the latest is uh, I haven't been there in about a week. <laughs> they, they might be closing. They, they, they might be closing. They, they may actually have some food available for people. <laughs> but the Costas Inn is the place to go if you are hungry and you are in need of uh, steam crabs, crab cakes, and just Everything they have on the menu. Great specials throughout the week. Crab cake night on Monday. Rib night on Tuesday. Steak night. My favorite on Wednesday. And half-price bottles of wine on Wednesday with... uh, Do you get that with any of the entrees? I believe so. Absolutely. And then Thursday night is lobster night. You can get that either either plain or stuffed. And, uh, you know, I, I went to Stan's birthday party. Happened to drop in. Not necessarily crashing it, but That's just a couple of years to, ago now. No, no just kind yeah. of, you know, stopped. And was it the anniversary? I think it was a birthday party, birthday, but I think yeah. it was two years but, ago. But, well, no, just recently. So it was the anniversary. That's what oh, it was. Oh, anniversary. Anniversary. Okay, that was anniversary. I walked in, and I've been saying to everybody on this show for eons how great the prime rib is. And Stan tells me, I ordered the prime rib. Uh, I'd, seriously, it I is got, to die for. I kept thinking of those exact words, and it was to die for. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Again, if you are in the, you got the appetite for those steamed crabs, call ahead, 410-477-1975, because they do run out. They do run out. Uh, very rarely do they run out, but sometimes conditions, uh, conditions. conditions make it so that, you know, Nick necessarily doesn't get the 
the amount or the shipment sometimes that he would order. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll have to sit there and watch him at the end of the bar go, you know, I'm the head crustaceanologist here, so <laughs> I don't know what happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more of the show. Mike Shallon coming up, Richard Justice coming up. Please like us and share us on the Facebook Live feed. Please, please, we'll be back after these words. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com sliders one of baltimore's original continuously operating bars royal farms is known for being real fresh and real fast but we're also real baltimore that's because baltimore is our home base and our home like purple and black flamingos and sunglasses or crabs and old bay our subs are real baltimore right down to the name we make them fresh delicious and to your order all day every day at a price that's easy to swallow royal farm subs are another reason why royal farms is real fresh real fast real baltimore Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasInn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football shape container and if it would be helpful chick-fil-a nottingham square can half cook it leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party and now chick-fil-a nottingham square offers their three cheese mac and cheese cheddar parmesan and romano combine in this classic side baked fresh in the restaurant download the chick-fil-a app place your order and pile up chick-fil-a bonus points good for free food chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard call steve if you'd like your party catered by chick-fil-a for one zero nine three one zero zero three one Chick Fil A Nottingham Square. This is former Trump AJ Francis just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster and from I the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled uh, in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy, Y2AJ, here to save you. Find Jobbing Out, the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes. All right, we are back on the batter round, and uh, we will make our connection momentarily with Mr. Mike Shallon of the New Hampshire Union Leader. Um, 
that's what we're going to do. All right. All right. And let's get his uh, thoughts on what's going on with the Red Sox, especially uh, they, they signed a couple players this week uh, out of the winter meetings, and uh, they still have the Mookie Betts albatross hanging over them. So we'll see whether or not there's any movement on that front. All right. We are uh, brought to you by the Live Casino Hotel Studio. Uh, well, we're, we're broadcasting live from the uh, Live Casino Hotel Studio. You know, they've got some great shows coming up to their new venue, The Hall Live, at Live Casino Hotel in 2020. Includes Jill Scott, February 14th, Squeeze on February 29th, OAR March 14th, Air Supply April 3rd, Josh Groban April 16th, Patty LaBelle, that's Mike Shallon's favorite, yeah. on May the 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias uh, August 22nd. He used to be a utility infielder for the Red Sox. Uh-huh. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. Why do I have a feeling that Shallon would be more of an air supply guy? <laughs> he might be. He, he might, might be. be. We'll find out. Of that group of uh, talent, uh, Mr. Shallon, who would you go to see? Jill Scott, Squeeze, OAR, Air Supply, Josh Groban, Patty LaBelle, or Gabriel Iglesias? Was that Craig who said that? Yes. Well, you guys should know that I am an airhead. You're ah, an airhead. okay. And I have seen Air Supply in concert more than 60 times. Well, there you go. 50 times? More, 60. 60, 60 times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You guys, I'm telling you, get tickets for that show. So so you are all out of love, right? I uh, No, I've got, I, I went past that years ago. <laughs> but uh, I guarantee it. I guarantee if you go to that show, you'll you'll see them the next time they're in there. Uh, so the winter baseball meetings have come and gone, and am I correct? The baseball, red, the baseball, baseball winter meetings have come I'm and gone. I'm talking about air supply. You're talking about baseball. I know. Well, I, was I, trying, I was trying to segue. He just gets so Way off topic sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've seen air supply fifty or sixty times. You've seen the Red Sox a thousand times, right? That's true. Playoffs. Okay. okay, go on. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> The, uh, sort of a, a not the typical uh, off season so far for the Red Sox, both with the firing of Dave Dombrowski, the hiring of Kyan Bloom, uh, and now rumors that David Price could go, uh, Mookie Betts mm-hmm. could go, and they come away with Jose Peraza and Martin Perez. Thoughts? Is, there, is, that, is that a question? Uh, uh, thoughts. You know, oh, you, oh, sounded, you sounded just like Mike Messina. Yeah. When, I would, do, when I would work the clubhouse in Baltimore in the early 90s, and I would ask Messina something very similar to that, and he goes, Craig, is there a question in there? Yeah. Is there a question? That's the, that's the Larry King approach to, yes. uh, yes. to interviewing. Yep. Thoughts. Uh, Joe Franklin, thoughts, anecdotes. Yep. Um, well, they added depth. There's no question about it. Um, Peraza gives them insurance at second base in the likelihood that Dustin Pedroia can't make it back. Um, they had to have a second baseman. They've probably moved on for Brock Holt, which I don't understand, but they, they, that's what they've done, uh, I guess, because Holt's going to make a little bit of money. Um, and the, uh, the pitcher, it's, the pitcher is an interesting signing because as of right now, they have four lefties in their rotation, which, um, to me isn't the wisest thing to have in Fenway Park, but, uh, it makes you think that they are trying to move price and 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 at least half his money. 
They, they owe him $96 million. Wow. Um, and, you know, a, a um, reunion with Joe Madden would, uh, would solve a lot of, uh, a lot of the Angels headaches, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I still, I still can't get an official read on what they're doing. And I'm not sure they have a, have a plan. To, you know, um, they must, but, uh, I don't think they're going to move Mookie, but they might move Mookie. Uh, you know, they, it's a Machado situation, but the difference is they can win. Yeah. You know, if you, if you put a team on the field with Mookie Betts still, you know, the center of a lineup that has, J.D. Martinez and, and Xander Bogarts and company, uh, you have a chance, you know, especially if Sale comes back healthy. So I, you know, I, I think they're, I think they're torn. I think they're fifty-fifty. But if uh, if they don't get an offer, they'll just ride it out. I think and 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 find a way to pare the payroll down some other way. There, somebody uh, tweeted yesterday that they're at two hundred and thirty-one million now. But they still need a backup catcher. They still need to address some uh, first base depth. They got kids over there, yeah. And um, you know, and they still, I think they still need bullpen help. But um, it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, it, it was the was the, the the payroll slash was that a rope a dope kind of thing? Uh, I I don't know. I don't exactly know where they're coming from, but. The two guys they added will provide depth, that's for sure. Let me ask you a question. I know it's not as big a name as Mookie Betts or Benintende or Devers or Bogarts or J.D., but is Jackie Bradley gone from this team? Are they going to move on? I would think so. I would think Jackie would be in the 11 to $13 million range. And, um, you know, they have lived with his great defense and very spotty in-and-out offense. Um, he's not a great hitter, but he is a great fielder. Now that said, you can you can probably sign a, a, a Kevin Pillar, who's just as good a fielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing people around here tend to they tend to uh, you know he's the best. Well, there's right. a lot of good center fielders out there right now, and Pillar was non-tendered. I I felt that uh, that he would make uh, that he would make a lot of sense. Um, uh, you could probably get him for you know five, six, which cuts which cuts your payroll down by six or seven million right there. Um, you've got enough hitting in your lineup. Bradley doesn't give you much. He certainly doesn't give you consistent hitting. So you can certainly live without his bat as long as you got somebody who catches the ball to center field. Mike, let me ask you this about uh, Mr. Cora. Uh, yeah, and and I say this only because. First year, obviously, everything goes golden for him. They win the World Series. The following year uh, sometimes is the toughest year. How do you think he handled all of that last year and now going into a brand-new season as we're a couple of months away from spring training? uh, Just what you're seeing out of him and what the general talk is. Well, there isn't much, to be honest with you. You know, you buy buy yourself some – Get out of jail free card of yeah. sorts if you certainly if you win your first year, um, but you, you have to win here, yeah. you know. And and uh, I I don't think he was particularly good as you know managing the the games if you will uh, last year. But I didn't think he was that great the year before. I just think that every every button that he pushed worked, you know. And uh, and they were relatively healthy through most of the year and. But if you looked at um, 
if you looked at his pitching rotation, you know, just try to imagine where they would have been had Eduardo Rodriguez not had his career, his first career right. year. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, one of, I'm always in the Sparky Anderson camp when it comes to this. You gotta, um, he used to say that, that a manager affects maybe between five and ten games a year. Mm-hmm. And really, really what happens inside the clubhouse is very important. You know, Davey Martinez's ability to to keep his clubhouse together when things were falling apart last year, that's that's what managing is now. And I think I think Madden will, will help um in Anaheim just just his presence. Now I don't know if Cora has that kind of presence. I also don't know if Cora's gonna open the season because I kinda feel he's gonna be suspended in the Astros thing. Um oh, really yeah. you, you could be you could be looking at three at three teams opening the season without their managers, including Carlos Beltran in, in New York, who hasn't managed the game yet. So, when do you, when do you uh, expect any kind of word to come down on that? I mean, obviously, we know the players involved, uh, you, you know, and, and who was named. But uh, when do you think the league makes a decision on that? Well, obviously, you want to do it, you know, in some sort of quick, not quick fashion, but you want, you know, you don't want to hang it over everybody. When they go to spring training, and if um, if it's if it's going to happen, um, I tend to I tend to lean more on the side of of um, slamming the organization rather than the individuals. But you know you know that if they're found to be guilty, which it's kind of tough to to think that they're not, um, you know, Hinch for sure um, will will open the season on the sidelines. So. I think uh, yeah, I'm looking for things to start happening in February, uh, just just as uh, uh, just as camp is opening. Um, but you know, you never know. This, this this thing could drag on, you know. And and you gotta. It, it's funny that you have a, a whistleblower, if you will, um, in in Mike Fires. Uh, it's it's similar to what's going on in D.C. in a lot of ways, yeah. but uh, they have to they have to make a public statement. Uh, you know, it, it, it's almost like I can see um, uh, Manfred telling each individual guy, "Listen, um, you know, I, I, I guess everybody's doing it, but why? But I have to do this. Yeah. You know, we have to make a public stance of some sort, and I think there'll be um, there'll be monetary, and there'll be there'll be draft choices. Everybody, kind of thing. Everybody's uh, been again. doing it. Everybody's been doing it, but." Here's the point: You got a center field camera, and you're you're, you're doing with signals. This yet. <laughs> Nobody's done it this dedicated. Whether it's banging on know. a trash can lid, or yeah, it's really the look of it is really bad. Uh, are yes, any it, of the? It is, it is bad, and 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 you know that this game doesn't need that right now. Are, are any of the Orioles personnel, either Mike Elias or Sig Maydell, uh, are they at all in danger of being suspended? I, I I don't know. How do you suspend a general manager? I, I don't know. Um, All right. You know, unless they listen, unless they make it sweeping, yep. you know, and, and and which is which I guess is possible yeah. or a fine of some sort for people like that. Yeah. But man, that, that that's that's really on the periphery. If you're going to start doing that, you got to start reaching out for bat boys and. You know, yeah. <laughs> and hey. all kinds of uh, you know the team mascot. I don't even know who the Astros mascot is, but um, 
you know, you, you, that that would get that would get pretty messy. I would think it would stop with the uh, with ownership and with um, and with uh, the, the, the three managers. You you leave the Oriole mascot out of this. He was just, just inducted in the into the mascot Hall of Fame. That's right. Well, with good reason. B, yeah. BJ Bird is that his name? The Bird. The Bird. <laughs> the Bird. Yeah. The yeah. Bird. Hey, but uh, I know I think guys, uh, listen, that that's uh, that's iconic right there. Um, <laughs> that's that certainly and, is iconic. Hey, yeah. uh, let me move on to the Nationals for one second because we talked about a player about five minutes ago that all of a sudden it just hit me like a sledgehammer. Either that or I ate something bad last night. Uh, Brock Holt and the Nationals. Could he mm-hmm. play enough third base if they uh, – and I'm not sure. – in other words, if they went after getting a big-time second baseman, couldn't get the third baseman, could Brock Holt play you 40, 50 games at third base? Brock Holt can do anything, and, and, and I'm, I'm including the outfield with that. Yeah. So I uh, – yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And all he does is hit 300, yeah. which is uh, – you know, oh, by uh, the way, <laughs> he'd be a very interesting guy for the Nationals. He would be, you know. And here's the other thing: uh, that that kind of platoon when when they reacquired Cabrera last year, right? And Dozier basically lost his second lost baseman's his job. job. Yeah. And I know Dozier's a guy that notoriously gets off to slow starts, but here's still a guy that wasn't the regular second baseman down the stretch and into the postseason, and he all he did was hit 20 home runs last year. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny how Cabrera is always looking for work? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and all, he ever, all he ever does is perform when he gets there. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking with Mike Shallon of the New Hampshire Union Leader. His Sunday column is a must-read, and you can get it online. Uh, Google New Hampshire Union Leader. What's it called? Working Press? Yes, sir. Working Press is the name of the column. So, probably, it's, a, so probably, it's a contradiction probably, in terms. <laughs> <laughs> probably... Probably stolen from the late Milton Gross. That's the, right. Uh, the New York Post. Right. I, uh, I listed sh- that a long time ago, and I've carried it with me through several newspapers. Something, <laughs> something we do need to talk to you about, and that's uh, you know what happened uh, with uh, the late sports writer up in your area, yeah, Mr. Conforto, yeah. Cafardo. Cafardo, rather. Cafardo, yes. Nick. Cafardo is the right fielder for the Mets. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. He, he goes into the Hall of Fame, and I think everybody's so happy about I that. I know you have. I saw what you wrote about it. Talk, talk a little bit about your relationship with someone who was a competitor of sorts for a long time. Yeah, we were competitors for 30 years. Um, Nicky, uh, Nicky was just Nicky. You know, he um, most unassuming, the most unassuming star that you ever ever want to talk to, you know, uh, a lot of guys in our business who who are great at what they do, and they and they're not afraid to kind of let you know it. But uh, Nicky was a humble guy, and and you know, I I, I remember uh, at the wake, I told his family, I said, get get your speech ready because you're going to Cooperstown in, in July, and, and you know, uh, Jim Reeves and Pat Royce, two great two great guys who were on the ballot with him, they didn't have a chance. You know, and, and that was my easiest vote in, in in thirty years of voting for the Hall of Fame. So um, Nick, and plus Nick, always loved Cooperstown. Yeah. You know, he always loved going. There was a, there was a group of writers that went to the house every year, and um, you know, I think there's just nothing else to say. You know, yeah. it, it, it's he was just as I wrote, he was just taken way taken from us way too soon, and, and um, you know, uh, there's. 
there's there's no words. You know, he worked at two different papers here in Boston, and yeah, we were we were competitors, but we we were always we always had fun, and um, uh, you know, the discussions. You know, you guys know from being in in the press dining room, the discussions. You know, when it was. Bill Ballou of the Worcester Telegram, you know, he and Nick had this thing about yellow mustard against brown mustard. And that became, you know, like a thing for, you know, forever. The, 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 the important stuff we discussed in media dining rooms. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, our kids were little together in, in Winter Haven. And, uh, you know, I still I still can't, you know, I haven't gotten over Carl Bean yet. The, the yeah. voice of Fenway has been gone for six years or whatever now. And, and um, you know, Nick was just, uh, he was great at what he did. And he was great as a person. Uh, another story, certainly not a, a huge, huge story in New England, but the Pawtucket Red Sox are moving to Worcester. And is that, are they going to start playing in Worcester this year or is it next year? No, no, it's next year. It's and, next year. And, uh, but they named themselves. Uh, they, they named themselves. They're going to be the Woo Sox. And what and, do you think uh, of that name? And, and there are a lot of people who just think that this whole thing can, is directly connected to Kurt Schilling. You know, um, Schilling cost the state of Rhode Island a bunch of money with the video game thing. Right. And um, uh, they didn't have any money to, to, to keep the Paw Sox. So it's it's certainly the end of an era. And uh, I was out in Wichita a few weeks ago, went back to visit my, my college after four decades. And, and uh, Ruth Schweckheimer, who was, who used to run the Paw Sox is now is now running the Wichita AAA franchise, which is brand new this year with a brand new stadium, and uh, which is what the Woo Sox are going to have in 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 Worcester. Um, you know, uh, I have a lot of memories. You know, having having been part of uh, having covered the thirty third inning of that game with, with Rochester and Cal Ripken in the game. Um, you know, uh, it's it's going to be a sad time when it officially shuts down, and, and if they bring McCoy Stadium down, there's there's rumors that they might keep it as a soccer stadium. But if they bring McCoy Stadium down, a lot of people around here are going to be are going to shed a tear. Do people understand why Lucchino ended up doing it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. You know, they needed a new facility. There's no, no doubt about that. Right. It went back, you know, it's like they try to build a new Fenway here, if you remember. Yep. And um, it's going to be here, it's going to be here. That The one site was right behind where it is now, which I believe has turned into a Target and, and a shopping, you know, the condominium office building and stuff. But, um, you know, it was, it was one of those stories that you always felt they were going to figure out a way to stay in Pawtucket. And then all of a sudden, they weren't, you know, and... and uh, Good for Worcester too, because Worcester is a, a, a great kind town. of a, yeah, a kind town. of a rundown kind of older city, yep. and, I, and I think this I think this will inject some life up there too. And I've also I've also seen air supply at the Hanover Theater in uh, in, in Worcester, <laughs> so it's a good it's a good spot. I'm telling you guys, get tickets for that show; you won't be sorry. All right, hey, last um, last quick question for you, Mike. Um, the um, the the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Andrew Freeman out there, uh, he's always been kind of on the shy side of uh, offering big long-term contracts to free agents. This time he offered them to two people, Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon. He lost out on both. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Well, you know, um, 
if ever there were two people to offer the money to, these two guys certainly would fit into that category. And, you know, it, it, you know there's so many things in, in sports and, and real life where you just assume. You know, everybody assumed that Gary Cole wanted to play on the West Coast. He wanted to right. he's from California. He wanted to be on the West Coast, blah, blah, blah. He turned the Yankees down once before. The fact of the matter is he, it sounds like he didn't want to pitch at home. Right. And, and I've talked to excuse me, numerous athletes over the years who found too much pressure with tickets and all that other stuff pitching at home. So um, I, don't, I don't read much into it. Uh, I think that um, uh, Anaheim was, a, was a, a, good, a good spot for Rendon. Um, but from everything you hear, the Dodgers were right there with the offers. Yep. But, uh, they, they, didn't have, they didn't take a back seat to either one of those teams. So the evil, it, it, it the is e- interesting that they wound up saying no to LA to the yeah. Dodgers. The evil empire is back now with Garrett Cole there, the highest, yeah. player, the highest contract. Uh, well, it's contract funny. In it's history. funny in that, that everybody in baseball can sign anybody they want, and it's really cool and it's exciting. Anytime the Yankees sign a player, it's the evil empire. Yep. Isn't, that, isn't that funny how yes, that works? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But hey. it's true, Mike. <laughs> hey, thank you, Mike. As always, thank you for coming on. We'll grab you in a while. Uh, happy holidays and uh, happy New Year to you and your family. And good for Craig for knowing that Air Supply was the group I wanted. To absolutely, right. absolutely. Right. By the way, I would I'd pay to see Patty LaBelle, too. But that's well, all. All right. Well, you come okay. down for you come down for a show here. We'll try and get you in complimentary at the live casino uh, hotel, the new venue, the hall. Just tell them, you know, Stan the fan, and they'll say who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, they'll say, uh, hey, there's, there's this little marker that we have to clear up. That's right. It's a red circle. If you like having no fingers to type. Yeah, it's the uh, universal <laughs> uh, signal. For they it. have Stan's picture on the door yeah. out there. It's got a red circle with a slash through it. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, happy holidays, guys. All right. Hey, the batter round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. By the way, Ken Zalis is back, and he's fulfilling all of your fantasies. Well, your football fantasies anyway. The playoffs are in, so you'll want to tune in to the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. KZ helps you set your lineup for all of your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the PressBox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. And we remind you we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios, Craig. All right, and uh, our next guest uh, is uh, fresh home from the winter meetings, and uh, his name is Richard Justice of MLB.com. Richard, good morning. How are you? Richard, can you hear us? Thank you. Sounds like he may be in conversation with someone else. Chickens. Chickens. Yeah. Richard? Can you pick up and talk to him off the air? Okay. Let's see if we can yeah, see if we can figure see if we can make out. a make a better contact with yeah. him. Yeah. All right. Richard Justice uh, to join us in just a second. Uh, remind you that Bill Latson is going to join us at 
this morning. And he should have some interesting takes on uh, Mr. Garrett Cole. Oh, he'll be uh, he ex- was like, excited. Yes. He was like, you know, he calls me, and, and before they signed him, they, he called me and said, they need Cole. They need Cole. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, but who else are you going to get to go with him? All so right. we'll, we'll see what he has to say. Like, I think we now have the uh, <laughs> connection worked out. Richard yeah. Justice of MLB.com joins us. Richard, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. good. How was San Diego? San Diego was uh, beautiful. Beautiful as always. Now, did you be honest? Did you really get out of the hotel at all? Yeah, I went, I went, to, I went running around the harbor every morning, went out to dinner and outdoor places at night. Yeah, I can I got out, you know, a lot of a lot of lobby time, but that hotel is sort of in. It has a lots of areas outside, so yeah. I mean, it's just it's a mental thing. Like a, one of my friends said, you know, uh, he was from New York, and he said, having been able to have a dinner outside in December is just a, a pretty good mental thing. Do you by any chance remember when you were covering the Orioles? One of the first uh, the first winter baseball meetings I ever went to. We're in San Diego at some small hotel, but I remember yeah, town and country. I remember uh, Hudley. Yeah, that was before that was before the the boom down around the harbor. Now, right, but it was also I remember we were outside huddling at the pool, and it started to snow outside there in 1985. <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't. I don't remember snow in San Diego. <laughs> All right, it was very brief. All right, well let me snowing. let me ask you this right off the bat: uh, the Nationals they wind up losing Rendon, but they also signed Strasburg, and ironically, what they lost Rendon to uh, with the Angels is the exact same contract: the uh, you know seven two forty five and thirty five million a year. What's your thoughts on it? I I said, and I said this to Mel Anthony earlier today: if it had to be one or the other. I'm going to go starting pitching every single time. Why did it have to be one or the other? Well, then that's my other point that I made to Stan was I still thought they could have signed both guys. Right. But I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the idea, Anthony Rendon should, should be paying, playing for the Washington Nationals next yeah, season. I totally and he's agree. not. But they made a choice that they, they decided they weren't going to pay both guys. They have $100 million invested in their rotation, their power pitching. And if you're going to go turn around and give Josh Donaldson $25 million, I don't know how you gain anything. I understand it's a shorter-term contract. But when you win a World Series, what does that do for your franchise in terms of value, in terms of revenue, sponsorships, ticket sales? But they decided they were only going to sign one of the two, and they decided on Steven Strasburg. We're talking with Richard Justice of MLB.com. Richard, uh... What does Garrett Cole do for the New York Yankees? He makes them the favorite to win the World Series. He's the best pitcher in baseball. He's, uh, I think the one thing that um, he's a very, uh, Garrett Cole's very meticulous, and I think he understood what pitching for the Houston Astros did for his career, and he wanted to make sure wherever he went was a, was a, a front office that had all the tools to allow him to be successful. And the Yankees have the largest analytics department in baseball. I think hiring Matt Blake is the pitching coach. He's one of the, he's a new age guy, kind of like Brent Strom in Houston, who's 70 years old, but he's, <laughs> he's on the, he started this revolution and a lot of pitching North and South and instead of East and West and relying on the, you know, just a, a different way of pitch sequencing. So 
I think he was convinced, and they did a great recruiting job. It's not unlike when they, you know, Mike Messina didn't want to pitch for the Yankees, and by the time they were done with him, he was convinced, this is absolutely where I want to pitch, and I think they did that, and, you know, I think Garrett Cole went into it wanting, thinking he was going to sign with the Angels, and I think at the end of the day, just the the idea of being a New York Yankee, and there were, you know, the the money was such that he he was going to be able to dictate the money. You know, mm-hmm. people say, well, he wouldn't have gotten the eighth year, the ninth year, whatever. If he had gone to the Angels and said, this is what it's going to take to sign me, I can't imagine they would have walked away. I can't imagine the Dodgers would have walked away or the Padres. But um, so he, I think he makes them the best team in baseball. Along with that comes the expectations. And like you said, they're favored to win the World Series with this acquisition. But that, to me, too, goes back on the manager to some degree. How much pressure is there on Aaron Boone to get this done this year? They're an organization. They're, in terms of the, – they're totally different than the Yankees and under the under when George Steinbrenner was alive. The, the relationship between Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman is such that it's a first-rate organization. There's a certain uh, – and this started with Joe Torre, that there's a certain normalcy in the clubhouse and you're part of something bigger than you. When Roger Clemens went there, you know, when he'd been with the Red Sox, he was the Boston Red Sox. When he was in Toronto, he was the Toronto Blue Jays. He understood he was part of something bigger. And so that, I think, it's we're all in this together. They're, a very, they're not going to panic. Aaron Boone has proved to me, has proved his spurs, earned, earned his spurs, proved his spurs, whatever that is. No, I, you know, there's pressure every year, but when you're in the New York Yankees, there's going to be pressure and i mean if he could survive a year last year when he had every player injured uh and, and still win 100 games and get them to win what two two wins of the world series right uh he doesn't have anything else left to prove if they if if you know just what you write down what you expect of guys is what they do they're gonna they're gonna win the american league east again and they're gonna be playing in october Got a question for you about Scott Boris. We saw a, a particularly unpopular ownership uh, person, uh, Marvin Miller, uh, posthumously gets into the Hall of Fame. In your mind, is Scott Boris a baseball Hall of Famer for what he's done? <laughs> Look, all those guys that changed the game <laughs> for good, and Larry Lucchino's idea to Bill came in yards, and Janet Marie Smith, who um, designed it, and Billy Bean, who brought analytics into the game, and Bill James, all those people had a huge impact in the game. If that's what the Hall of Fame is, it's for people who had a big impact on the game, then Scott deserves to be in. But I think Marvin being in is representative of Scott. I think Scott would tell you that. Yeah. Would Scott turn down a... Oh, look, Scott Boris is not getting in the Hall of Fame, so I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we have to worry about Scott. Yeah starting to worry about his induction speech. Let me ask you about uh, something I heard Joel Sherman talking about the other day on XM Radio, uh, and that is the notion, he says other sports do it, that maybe there's a place for a Hall of Fame each year, an inductee that is sort of like a baseball life, so to speak. That somebody like a Dusty Baker, a Jim Cott, Maybe they weren't in any one thing a Hall of Famer, but when taken in totality, uh, I think he also mentioned Tommy John. 
uh, as someone who would go in under that. Your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts is that I wouldn't change anything about Cooperstown. We're leaning. I'm a big haul guy. We're yep. leaning toward a big haul guy. We've, we've, uh, you know, like I for the first time in years, I didn't vote for ten guys, and so we've opened the doors, you know, to see Harold Baines get in. Marvin's finally in. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be for changing it, but I do think there's a. I, I do think that all those people deserve to be honored, and in different ways in the Hall of Fame, they do honor all those people. Yeah. As far as having a plaque in the plaque room, I think that's for Frank Robinson and Hank Aaron and those people. I don't think. I think. I think we're okay. You know, apart from that, and and, and like you say, Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame, but. But Pete Rose is, is honored several times in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. A lot of his stuff is on display. Richard, last year we saw Mariano Rivera go into the Hall of Fame unanimously. First player to ever have that happen. Does Derek Jeter get that same type of recognition this year? Well, I hope so. But, you know, Tom Seaver wasn't unanimous. <laughs> yeah. Hank Aaron wasn't unanimous. I want to go to the guy. I know one of the people didn't vote for Seaver, and I'd say, I don't know where you're putting your your bar on your Hall of Fame criteria. Yeah, but it might it might be a little bit too high because <laughs> 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 if you didn't think Tom Seaver was a Hall of Famer, right. well, but Jim Palmer didn't get wasn't unanimous. No. Who was ever more a Hall of Famer than Jim Palmer than right. Bruce Robinson? So yeah. the point is, when you allow, you know. We're doing better. We've cut down on some of the idiots that were voting. Um, but um, there's always a chance one guy doesn't vote for Derek Jeter. Sometimes they vote, don't, vote for, don't vote for a guy just to bring attention on themselves. So, so let me ask you a question. This year, we know Jeter, whether it's 100% or 95%, he's going in. After that, it gets a little bit more curious. Are Walker and Schilling possibilities this year? Um, well, Larry Walker deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And if you look at his numbers apart from Coors Field, yeah. he's still a Hall of Famer. Agreed. I mean, he was one of the real great, real talented players to ever play the game. Uh, to me, Schilling's not even a debate. I always put Schilling and Musina in the same conversation, that they both belong in the Hall of Fame. And it's not even a close call. I don't know why, I don't know why he's not in, but he belongs in, um, Walker's got to take a leap. Hopefully, he'll get in someday. And then he get into other guys like Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, um, that group of players. Let me and throw, there's a there's a case to be made for all of them. Jeff Kent probably not, but let me throw um, one name at you that uh, he crept up a little bit last year to sixteen percent. Have you ever taken a close look at Billy Wagner? I've, I have never not voted for Billy Wagner, okay. and here's the reason: if we're going to put closers. And designated hitters in the Hall of Fame. Yep. If that's if there are those positions now that those are new positions, then the best of those players ought to be in the Hall of Fame. So if you look at Trevor Hoffman's numbers, um, and you look at Lee Smith's numbers, and I believe I voted for Lee Smith too, they belong in the Hall of Fame. I think there's no question Billy Wagner should be in the Hall of Fame, but still there are people that just have trouble voting for closers, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I know him well. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, 2003 All-Star Game in Chicago, middle of the clubhouse, John Smoltz, Barry Bonds, Billy Wagner. And Barry says to Billy, uh, hey, look, 
if I hit one of your 100-mile-an-hour fastballs out of the park, I think I ought to be able to stand there and admire it. And Billy says, well, you, you can absolutely do that, but uh, <laughs> you know what's going to happen the next time up. And everybody goes, ooh, ooh. And uh, Billy, <laughs> Billy goes, I know, Barry. You would come out to the mound, and you would probably kick my butt. But what if I got a lucky punch in, and you have to live the rest of your life by being punched out by the littlest man in the history of baseball? So, so fast forward, like fast forward a month, right? And uh, Billy's pitching to Barry, and Jeff Bagwell go, and he's challenging him with fastballs at a time when nobody would throw Barry a fastball. Jeff Bagwell goes to the mound and goes, "Slow down, buddy. Take a deep breath." <laughs> and uh, he strikes him out on three hundred mile hour fastballs. After the game, Billy's in front of his locker, and hey, you got a phone call. It's Barry, and Barry called to say, uh, "Don't get it below a hundred. I will own your butt." But what he was telling him, what he was telling him was, "I appreciate the way you went about it. Yeah, that you challenged me. It was my best against your best, and that's what the game ought to be about." So, yeah, I got a long history with Billy Wagner. I walked in the Phillies clubhouse one time, and he screams. There's the man that got me traded. And I looked at him and I said, actually, I think you're the guy that got you traded. And when he comes back to Houston as a former Astro the first time, his daddy, his kid goes, Daddy, why aren't we playing for the Astros anymore? And Billy looks at him and goes, because Daddy couldn't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the all-time good guys. He gives up a game-winning homer early in his career with the Phillies. He's standing there in front of his locker. And you could tell they weren't, you know, they didn't know how he's going to react in a situation like that. And he goes, no, I'm going to be here, fellas. And if I give up another one tomorrow, I'll be standing here waiting for you again. I'm accountable. Yeah, he and he was. But he didn't that's a lot more than you want to know about Billy Wagner. No, no. Write that, a book that, about Billy Wagner. Yeah. That's well, fabulous. I, I'll tell you one stat, uh, the two stats. Not, I think it's 903 innings, 1,196 strikeouts. And how about, wow. oh, how about a whip? That's lower than Mariano Rivera's whip. Zero. Yeah, you know he's a little guy. I just I just saw him during the playoffs. They brought him in to throw out a first pitch. Right. He's still not. He, he you know he's a big guy, and <laughs> they used to say uh, the the little hillbilly's throwing on the backfield when he was <laughs> just gotten into the system. Let, let's go see him, and it, it became like we didn't know who what we had. Well, he was a first round draft pick, so they did know what they had. Yeah. Why do you think they didn't know he was a guy that was going to? You know, what did you say? 900 innings, 1,100 strikeouts? 1196 and 903. That, wow. That's unbelievable. He was good. He was good. Why do you think he's in that range where he was, I think, the year before? He yeah, was because, six uh, seven, I mean, why, why isn't, I guess you could say Schilling's political statements get him in trouble or something. How did it, why did it take me Cena so long to get in? Yeah. But I guess Billy's in that people don't vote for closers. Relievers, and the only reason they voted for Trevor Hoffman is because he had 600 saves. Lee Smith had to get in by the committee. Uh, I just think there's, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's not, a, to me, it always, always, Edgar, Edgar Martinez didn't play defense, therefore he doesn't belong in the right. Hall of Fame. Look at his offensive numbers. They're overwhelming. Yeah. I got a player that I just studied yesterday because I was on the Mid-Atlantic Sports Report on Masson yesterday. And that's Bobby Abreu, two yep. ninety one average, three ninety five on base percentage, not three. Wait, wait, what? Bobby Abreu. Well, what's his on base percentage? I think it was three ninety five for his career. 
Good Lord. And how about how about 400 stolen bases? Count count <laughs> how many people are in the Hall of Fame with 400 stolen bases. There aren't more than eight or nine, I don't think. No, I mean, he's a great player. Remember, uh, there was outrage in Philadelphia when Gillick yep. treated him to the Yankees, right? Yep. And I, I remember a Philly baseball writer going, this guy Gillick, he doesn't know what he's doing. I go, Really, he 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 might know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then he, and then they won a World Series two years later. Let me ask you something real quick before we let you go, and that's the National. Oh, I got all day for you. Well, there you go. What time does the Army Navy game start? Three three fifteen kickoff Eastern yeah. time. Oh, okay. Eastern, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, that's just still to me the greatest rivalry in all the sports because the game you, you throw the football out the. The door because I, the players. I guess you've never been to a Texas Oklahoma game, have you, son? No, I have not. But I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> the difference between those athletes and these athletes are these athletes are going to go do something far more important later on. Yeah, but they're making far less money. That's oh, true, oh, but you know, depends on <laughs> depends on what your priorities are. Let me ask something about the Nationals' third base situation right now. Uh, would it would it be Donaldson in your mind, or or do they get a little bit more creative outside the box? And I Kyle think, Seager, uh, Stalin Castro, right? And I think do they have the? Uh, I think Stan can they brings trade, up. Huh? Do they have the prospects to trade for Chris Bryant? No, 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 no. Not well. They do, but not without giving up a a, a good portion of it. Yeah, I don't think they well, have the prospects. I think, I think Donaldson's going to sign with the Braves, but I. Okay. I don't. I don't know that. I mean, the the Rangers are already saying too expensive for our blood. Yeah, I, I have a strong feeling because of the 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 years involved. I think the Dodgers don't miss out on Donaldson. I think they're going to get Bumgarner and Donaldson. I think they know that they've got to do a little something to get. I mean, it's been thirty one years since they won a World Series. I mean, it's a long right. time. Right, you know, and they wanted to change the. They have wanted to change the mix of their team a little and go against their DNA yeah. in terms of trading prospects, which they've just refused to do in recent years, although they have made trade deadline deals. Yeah. Um, so it, it, while they say they want to change the mix of players, and they've talked about Lindor and Kluber, um, they, I could see them doing something like that. Yeah, uh, Seager's – here's the deal with Seager. He's due $37 million over the next two years – I think Depoto probably takes five or seven million off of that and takes a prospect. Uh, you know, probably right. Yeah, so I think he'd be interesting, Richard. We he's always a, we he's always, a fine young man. Wait, could you see that Kyle Seager playing with uh, Corey Seager? Uh, no, I'm saying that the I think Kyle oh, Seager goes to the Nationals. Yeah, if they don't sign Donaldson, I think he'd be a perfect. He's not player. Anthony Rendon, fellas. No, he's well, not. He's no, not. He's but not. That, and then they have a second base situation to square away too because. Last year, when as Drupal Colt, well, I'm saying last year when as Drupal Cabrera came aboard, Brian Dozier lost his second base job, and here's a guy that wound up hitting 20 home runs for them. But aren't they counting the kid to play second base? What's his name? Carter Carter Keyboom, man. Yeah, but he he might wind up at third base if everything falls through. Oh, 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 oh. You know, like I would like put a value on Donaldson, but then don't get panicked. I mean, you got a rotation; you're going to be in the mix. Yeah. So just you know, you can work. You can, and also with all the non-tenders, if you're doing good on player evaluations, this is what you see the Brewers doing. You know, the Brewers had 25 players on their roster for the wild card game. They've gotten rid of 14 of them. 
Yeah, yeah that? absolutely. That's turnover. There. Somebody said. Somebody said, "Man, they took that loss hard." <laughs> RJ. They only have thirty-two players on their forty-man roster. Wow. But the way they look at it, there's so many non-tenders. There's talent. We will be fine. The Rays do it. The Brewers do it. RJ, many thanks for being on. Wish you, Marty, and the kids a happy holiday season. And we'll talk. Well, the heck with the kids. What about just me? How me is you? enough. How yeah. about you and Marty? <laughs> tell I'll Marty. tell you, Stan, it was the highlight of my season to see Heisty at the World Series. You yeah, should have yeah, seen that, that man. He was, was. Like, uh, he was like the the king of eagling working a room. <laughs> That's his first. It's hard yeah. to believe he's yeah. been around. And just this. about as old as the king and, of eagling, too. And, and as soon as you see me, what do you say? Heisty, what do you got for me? Yeah. What do you got for me today, Heisty? That's right. <laughs> Richard, always a pleasure. Give my love to Marty, all right? Thank you, guys. All right. Talk soon. He is one of the best people ever. And, right. uh, you know, when, when him, some of my favorite times in this business some of my most favorite are with him are, are with him kenny rosenthal uh dave shine and when yep. they were all and 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 yeah. timmy kirchin when they were all covering the orioles me uh yeah okay <laughs> don't anyway. you don't you have a spot to read? yes i do <laughs> the battle round is presented by mobile one. Oh, wait a minute i've done both of it but let me go the battle round is presented by mobile one mobile one full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life <laughs> Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And then I got to do the uh, Live Casino Hotel's new venue, The Hall Live. Opens with a preview event Thursday, December 26th, featuring two great bands, Kristen and the Noise and Lost in Paris. And then another great free event to celebrate the new venue as Charm City Devils headline The Hall Live on Sunday, December 29th. Tickets are free. But you need to claim yours now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com. More great shows are coming to the Hall Live at Live Casino Hotel in 2020, and they include Jill Scott, February 14th, Squeeze, February 29th, OAR, March 14th, Air Supply, April 3rd, Josh Groban, April 16th, Patty LaBelle, May 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias, August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com, LiveCasinoHotel.com. Got to tell you about Baltimore's favorite sports bar. Well, just their favorite bar. It's just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill just steps from Camden Yards. The perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more, with different drink specials every single day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring fancy clancy beer as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. We need to get up with John Colson. Why is that? Well, this will get me fired. We need to get an over-under pool on Saturday mornings of how many times the internet drops out here. <laughs> I, I texted him today. I told him it's a, just a, it's a horror. I said, the, one of the main points of doing the show is that we're on live on our computers to push people to watch us right. and share us, and we can't do it. It's terrible. Right. We, have a, uh, we have a room here that has like triple thick walls because it was a safe used to be in this room. Where's the money? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, certainly not in the and internet. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not, not in, in any of our pockets. Yeah. Hey, before we take the rest of the break, let's talk about our friends at the Costas Inn. You know, uh, the Ravens are having a pretty special season, so you and I know something about specials. Talk a little bit well, about Pete, the specials at Pete, Costas Inn. Pete Kurtzel and myself and a few friends, uh, Amy and uh, Keith, we uh, got together last Sunday uh, for crabs uh, and watched uh, an afternoon of football as uh, I didn't have any place to be. The Redskins were out on the road in uh, Green Bay. So we got a chance to watch uh, the Buffalo game at the Costas Inn, and the crabs were fabulous. And you can go in there Monday through Friday uh, and on the weekends as well. Great specials on the menu. Crab cake night Monday night, rib night on Tuesday, Steak night on Wednesday, and you can get half-price bottles of wine on Wednesday, and that's a deal that nobody can turn down. Lobster night on Thursday, stuffed or plain. You can get uh, uh, prime rib on the menu uh, toward the weekend. It is the best prime rib you'll find. And also uh, one side dish I would encourage anyone to get, and that's their cream spinach. I love the cream spinach it's, there at the it's Costas outstanding. Inn. Fantastic. The Costas Inn, located 4100 North Point Boulevard, and uh, reserve those crabs at 410-477-1975. Great steamed crabs and crab cakes, and their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasInn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. KZ, Ken Zales here. I'm back, and I am fulfilling all of your fantasies. Well, your fantasy football fantasies, anyway. I'm with you for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. to help you set your lineups for all your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash Sports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com sliders one of baltimore's original continuously operating bars the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover greg swatek dives into the 100th edition of a baltimore tradition the annual turkey bowl game between loyola and calvert hall plus bo smoka profiles ravens linebacker josh pines who returned midway through the season after being entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the ravens defense press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores you can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I, I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us. I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, who do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Uh, or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack Obama? Uh, you know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. Well, I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. All right, we are back on the... um on the show from the Live Casino Hotel Studios. That's where we broadcast each and every day of the week. Our next guest yes. is the leader, the new grand poobah, if you will, of the Garrett Cole fan club. Oh, he's got the T-shirt. He's the got the already. T-shirt. He's made the world championship shirts already. He is Bill Latson of MLB.com. Hey, man, how are you? How's it going? It's a great week, that's for sure. <laughs> I haven't heard you this happy. I mean, I think you're happier at that than getting a kidney. I, no, I, I haven't. I haven't heard you this happy since Thurman Munson didn't get in the Hall of Fame. Whoa! Anyway, how, hey, are, uh, you? how are you, pal? I'm doing okay. How about you guys? Good, good. Uh, what was your take? I mean, you 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 texted me before the signing happened. And, and and I said to you, that's great if they get him, but they still need more pitching to go along with it. So what's the general take on your end? I agree with you, Craig. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole, great move, but uh, they need more. They need more. Um, as you know, they're trying to uh, trade J.A. Happ. And, uh, you, you know, there's too many question marks regarding Severino, Tanaka. All those guys are coming off. Injuries. You mean, I mean, uh, Tanaka had elbow surgery, and you know Severino missed most of the season uh, because of shoulder injury. So uh, you know, there's too many question marks. I'm not crazy about the bullpen, um, even though they're among the best in the league. But uh, I think they still got to get better. Well, now what happens if that bullpen and they go out and they get Josh Hader? That helps. I mean, it makes I, it even better. I'm gonna give I mean, you. I'm gonna give you a trade right now. Okay, okay. J. Hap, Yankees take about ten million dollars back in the deal. T- Tyro Estrada, Clint Frazier, and Luis Sessa for Josh Hader. Do you do it? If I'm the Brewers, I wouldn't do it at all. I mean, uh, Clint Frazier. No, no. I you mean, don't think Estrada's an everyday type player? No, okay. no. I mean, he, you know, in his brief time, yes, he's been good with the Yankees. But I don't go by, you know, uh, what someone does in a brief time. I mean, the the, the player that taught me that lesson, well, Frank Robinson. Was Mike, no, it was uh, Mike Vale, who was with the Mets. Mike Vale got off to this great start with the Mets. He, he played for them in 1975. And he uh, and he broke um, the Mets record at the time for a hitting streak. He was a rookie. Then uh, he got hurt playing bas- basketball, and he was never the same. I mean, he was uh, a platoon player from 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 then on. So, uh, but, you know, I'm I'm not impressed. 
Well, I was thinking more along the lines of fool's gold. That's what I was Yes, Frank Robinson taught me that, too. Yeah, he, I know. He did, he did say, you know, if a player got off to a great start, that could be fool's gold. There's no question about it. Frank Robinson taught me a lot, too, no doubt. So give me a trade you think would make some sense. If you don't like mine, what do you think makes sense? Well, you got to include, if you want to make a trade like that, you have to include Andahar in that deal. Okay. Um, I think there's no question Andahar is going to be traded. I don't see how he plays every day for the Yankees uh, in 2020. I don't see it. Would he would, uh, he, would that, he fit in with the Nationals? Ooh. Was that? Would he fit in with the Nationals? I don't think the Nats have what it takes no, to get him, No, 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 no. You, you, you got to remember, Craig, even though, you know, no one really saw it because of the way he hit, but he's not a good defender at all. Oh, okay. I mean, as long you know, as long as he's a Yankee, they're he told and the Har that he's going to be playing some first base in the outfield. So we got to see during spring training if he's there, and, what he does. And I guess with the way he hits, you can with that team mask whatever defensive liabilities are there, right? Uh, correct, correct. And uh, you know, uh, the reason I say about Clint Frazier, you know, you talk about Andahar being a bad defender. I mean, Clint Frazier is horrible. He's horrible. And, and has a bad attitude at that. So, so Andahar, what, Andahar would go there and maybe play first base for the um, the Brewers. You never know. So you, you never like, know if that's the case. So you like Andahar, Hap, and Sessa, and Estrada for Hader? I might do that. I yeah. might do that. Okay. But, you know, if, if you're going to get Josh Hader... Yeah. I mean, you got to give up something. Oh, I mean, you got you. I mean, what, what you, the names you're mentioning to me, they almost nothing. That's okay. the way I look at it. All right, you're probably right. Now that I look at it, I mean, I, I happen to like Estrada, and I think Hap helps Milwaukee in the short term, uh, and I happen to like Sessa a lot, and I think Clint Frazier can hit, but he's not mm-hmm. a good defender. You're right. We're talking with uh, Bill Latson. Bill, uh, we've kicked it around with a couple other guests on the show today. The Nats lose at Rendon. Do they circle the wagons and get their man in Josh Donaldson, or do they do something creative like a Starling Castro trade or a Kyle Seeger trade? Well, um, well, Castro is a uh, free agent, I think. And, uh, That's right. He is a free I agent. Yep, yeah, right. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Justin Donaldson. No, he has the energy. There's no question about it. But Justin Donaldson is up there in age. Thirty-four. So, I mean, thirty-four. Yeah, but still, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, I would hope that you know he'll be the same player as he was last year. We got to remember he missed injury. He missed uh, some time the previous years because of injuries. So. Man, you just hope he still has the energy, energy, and uh, you know he can uh, provide some, uh, you know, some production. Production. So, so predict, predict to me where Donaldson ends up. You got the Braves still want him, the Nationals want him, and I know for a fact the Dodgers want him. I, I will say it's back to the Braves because uh, his relationship with the GM, and you know they go way back to Toronto. And he came through for them. So there's a loyalty there, I think. I think he goes back to the Braves. Okay. All right. 
How about some of the other big names still left out on that market? Uh, Rayu, Bumgarner, Keuchel, where do you think they end up? You know, to be honest with you, I am surprised that uh, those players are not only uh, still available, but I'm surprised that teams are willing to give them multi-year deals. Because you're looking at Bumgarner, I mean, he is not the same guy we saw in 2014 in the World Series. I, I say he, uh, Bumgarner, I say he stays in the... Uh, in San Francisco. He, no, no, no. I, I say he stays out west and maybe go to the Dodgers. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to get him. Where do you think Keiko ends up? Boy, you know, he throws nothing but junk. And uh, I say, um, I say at a good price, back to the Braves. Okay. All right. Even after paying $18 million for Cole Hamels? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, you know, here's the thing about, and I want to go back to the Nats real quick with you. Uh, when when they signed when they re-signed Strasburg, and then they lose Rendon to the Angels for the exact same contract. Uh, uh, Mark Lerner had said in an interview that they could sign one but not both. Well, there mm-hmm. were a lot of things written after that that said they could have signed both because of you know the revenue from the World Series and everything that that brings with you uh, or brings with it. But my, my point here is if you had if, – if it went the way it turned out and the way most people thought, you were going to get one or the other. In my mind, Strasburg was the guy to get because you give me pitching, starting pitching in particular, over position players any day of the week. I would agree with that. But, but Craig, here's the thing, though. I agree. I think they made the right move by getting Strasburg again. But – Who's going to replace Rendon? I well, mean, no matter what, yeah, it's going to be a come down from what he produced. Um, well, I, I mean, to me, if you get Donaldson, I think it's the uh, you know you, you're rolling the dice, and you could get Snake Eyes, and you, you know because the guy is old to me. I, I really think uh, they're going to miss Rendon, well, and you, uh, you I may really get, do. You may get a Carter Keyboom uh, sighting over there. Uh, in the long run, and that would fit into your uh, normal range of thinking, which is play the kids. <laughs> I want I want to talk about one thing with this Rendon thing. I think the one thing that people are forgetting is these years go by pretty quick. When do they have to sign Trey Turner? Yeah. When do they have to sign Luis Soho? Juan Soto. Juan Soto, excuse me, Luis Soho. And, and Victor Robles, yeah. <laughs> and Victor Robles, They need to leave some room for continuity with some younger guys coming up. And remember one other thing, in about three years, Corbin's making $35 million on the last year of his contract. And and in two years, Scherzer will be up. Yep. Yep. So, there are all things to think about there. No question. But that's why why they were so anxious to do significant deferred money. That's how they do it. They sort of rob Peter to pay Paul. It, it, and that's what people don't talk about. You know, you look at Bryce Harper. I remember Bryce Harper saying this uh, maybe five years ago. He said, this during spring training, that he wasn't going to take deferred money, and he didn't. And the same thing with Rendon. He wasn't interested in deferred money. So 
if you want if you want to stay as a national, obviously you have to take deferred money. Now, obviously Strasburg doesn't mind. Yeah, and you and he and you gotta remember this too. I've always said this from day one. I thought he was going to stay with the Nationals because he just moved to D.C. a right. year ago this time, and he, he lives there year-round. So, right. I mean, I don't – that's why I didn't see, uh, you know, Strasburg, you know, um, I didn't see him leaving at all. Well, John Heyman reported this morning that uh, uh, the situation with Rendon and the Rangers, and, of course, we all know Anthony's from Houston. Right. Uh, but the, the Rangers' offer was short. Uh, of what the Angels paid him uh, eventually. Uh, Rendon was offered $32 million a year for six years, uh, and that was like a t- uh, what, six years, 192 and $53 million short of right. what he got from the Angels. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, yeah, it's all about the money, Bill. <laughs> hey, Bill. Yeah, but, but, but let me say this to you. Yeah, the Angels received, uh, were able to acquire Anthony Rendon. But that team is far short from becoming contenders. We had, they need pitching. We they need Mike, pitching in the worst way. way. We, we had Mike Shallon on the show, and he brought up an interesting connection, which I hadn't thought of, is that maybe the Angels are the team that the Red Sox can kind of dump uh, David Price on. They, they keep half the money and get rid of him, and Joe Madden would be happy to have uh, David Price back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, to go back to Tampa. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, he would he would help, but but they need more than David Price, I'm telling you. I mean, and uh, Shohani, I mean, they need the starting pitching, bullpen. That team was bad last year. Yeah, no question about it, no question about it. Bill, uh, what about the um, – the the guy I keep asking about, and nobody seems to have the right answer, is Rayu. If they don't get Bumgarner, the Dodgers, do they just simply go back to Plan B and re-sign Rayu? I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. I mean, he had a nice year last year. You know, he led the you know, the league, the yeah. entire major league in ERA. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they would go back to him. But I'm sure that Rayu wants more money. So. We see what happens. Uh, Brett Gardner uh, just re-upped with the New York Yankees, and I read mm-hmm. something that I hadn't known about, that Aaron Hicks had Tommy John surgery and is due to miss at least half the season. Boy, Brett Correct. Gardner Brett Gardner's becoming kind of a legendary Yankee. Yes, he has. And, uh, you know, there were times when I thought he was done. Yeah. But then, you know, he had to change his swing. Uh, um, because of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the switch, the, man, what do you call it? Uh, oh man, uh, my, I got a brain cramp here. Sorry about that. But, you know, he had to change his swing. I work, and, I work with Craig Heist. That happens all yeah. the time yeah, to him. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. And, uh, he had to, uh, you know, become a home run hitter and he became an RBI guy. And it was uh, well, he did a great and, job, especially in the second half. And in that ballpark, uh, he changed his swing to kind of to kind of fit that, and he can take advantage of uh, a ballpark that has a short right field, and 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 it can be very productive for the Yankees, and he has been, and just the type of player he is. I've always said that if, and and this would go back a few years, but if there were ever two guys I would start a club with. One would be Brett Gardner. The other would be Dustin Pedroia because of the kind of players they are. 
You hate if playing you're, against those guys. If you're on the opposing team, you absolutely hate those guys. Right, right. And Brett Gardner is great with the media, too. He's, yeah, he he's is. outstanding. You know, it's kind of similar to me and you. I kind of hate you. Yeah. But I like being on your team. Okay, there you yeah. go. There yeah. you go. All right. Right, Bill? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Bill Latson is our guest right now. Bill, yeah. uh, you've not done time until you've spent a week or three weeks in a hotel room with Bill Latson. <laughs> hey, Bill, yeah. um, Bill, uh, the, the Hall of Fame. We know Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter, number two, Derek Jeter, yeah. is going into the Hall of Fame. Who else do you think rounds out the, uh, the Hall this year? To be honest with you, I think that's going to be it. Really? Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it. I don't see how anybody else gets in. Although I listen, how about, Larry, how about Larry Walker? No way. How about Kurt Schilling? No. Okay, and you don't. Think... I think people still holding a grudge for his, uh, you know, racist remarks. Yep. Um, the answer is no. And how about I mean, and how about Bonds and Clemens? They're never going to go in. No, they're not getting in. Okay. All right, because Clemens, 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 Clemens was, was up to 60%. Clemens got 60% of the vote last year, so there's a little bit of an uptick there. Yeah, but you know what? There's a lot of the old guard there, and I think, uh, no, they're not getting in. I think, no. La- I think Larry Walker gets in, and I actually think Schilling's going to get in because there's, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of people vote for Schilling that are keeping Bonds and Clemens still off their ballots and to fill out their ballots and make them feel like, well, I voted for enough guys, I think they uh, they they get in. I think Schilling and well, Walker. This is, this, is about the time, this is about the time of the year where uh, if you have Facebook and you're on, you'll see a lot of writers put their ballots out on Facebook. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the announcement still isn't until the January twenty first. Twenty first, yeah. 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 So. But I tell you though, I think a guy should be in the Hall of Fame without a doubt. Billy Jeff Wagner. Kent. Billy Wagner. No, no, Jeff Kent. I agree. Jeff I agree, hundred percent yeah. with you. How about Todd Helton? I, I think he didn't have enough years of production. To be a Hall of Famer, uh, no, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Right, I'm gonna a Rockies g- Hall of Famer, I'm but gonna, no, not a baseball. Player. I'm going to give you a name that, at first glance, you're going to go, "What are you talking about?" But when you get off the show today, you Google him and look at his numbers. Look at Bobby Abreu's numbers. Uh, no way. Okay. No way. I knew you'd say that. No way. How many guys? Because- how many guys are in the Hall of Fame that that hit 291? And drove in thirteen hundred plus runs and have four hundred steals. Four hundred steals. And he had a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, on base percentage. Yeah, not three ninety five. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, n- no. All right. Absolutely not. I'll tell you what about him, and that's uh, the one thing he he became. He declined a little bit in his last few years as right. a defensive outfielder, but right. boy, when he was. In his prime, he was a really he was good, a good right outfielder yeah. and had a hell of an arm. I, I'm telling you, first glance, I thought the same thing, and then I dug in and I looked at how many people stole 400 bases, and then you look at, and granted, he made it through the Veterans Committee, but look at Richie Ashburn, 29 home runs, and I think he had 500 steals or 4 440 or something, and you sort of weigh him 
versus Abreu, and it's not even close. Not even close. Yeah. I All mean, right. there are guys getting in the Hall of Fame now. I thought are not are they're not. De- uh, listen, I'm being honest. They're not deserving yep. to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm talking about Harold Baines and Ted Simmons and Ted Simmons and Ted Simmons. I yeah. mean, if you told me in uh, in 1990 that Ted Simmons was going to the Hall of Fame, I would say no way. Yeah, he was a terrible catcher. He was a DH mostly. So, I well, mean, the, the the thing that Barry Bloom brought up the other day is he, he only made it on the ballot for one year. Didn't even get 5% yeah, the I mean, first year. I mean, what you're saying is these baseball writers are stupid. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they're, they're so not you're calling stupid, you, they're smart. Are you calling yourself stupid, Bill? No. There's no way. You mean the other baseball I'm sorry. All right. I got to tell you real quick. Yes. We've had Susan Waldman on this show before. Yes. Can you we get her on next Well, I'm week? sure we could, you know, we could give her a call. We, uh, you, you were trying to do your, uh, you know, your, your imitation there yeah. of uh, Bob Shepard. Yes. Uh, when Mike Messina first got to the Yankees in, in 01, right. Bob Shepard went down to him and he goes, is it Messina or Musina? And Mike said, I don't care. And he goes, <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, uh, Bill, we always appreciate your being on with us. We wish you uh, good health and a happy holiday season to you and your family, okay? Thank you so much. You guys take care. All right. Bill Latson, one of the best. Uh, yeah. One of the best guys. All right. He is. MLB.com. And again. Fight, fight uh, with him like brothers. But, get, you know. And again, uh, I, I'm doing it now off the air. Needs a kidney. You know, and that doesn't get any better over time. I mean, you no. can control it for a while with dialysis. Needs a kidney. Has O negative blood type, rare, which is rare, very rare. Rare blood type. Uh, and we're trying to get some publicity surrounding this. Uh, but Bill Latson, if there's a baseball fan that hears this, that can share it with somebody that they know is a baseball fan, you never know uh, what, can what, what can happen. All right, And I've seen it happen in sports with different fans, most notably this young lady I talk about about five or six years ago, she was um, literally dying. Uh, she needed her kidney so badly. And she, she and her husband, she was about 30 years old, I think, and she and her husband made a sign, went to a Pittsburgh Penguins game. She was a huge Penguins fan. And they asked the TV people to show it a couple times during the game. Somebody who was also a Penguins fan out there uh, came forward, had the right blood type, and this young lady's still alive today. So, again, if you know anybody that's O-negative, and might be willing to donate one of their two kidneys. Our friend Bill Latson uh, needs one. He's at bill.latson at mlb.com. Bill.latson at mlb.com. Uh, let's uh, get our final couple commercials in here. And I got to do one for my friends at Glen Burnie Transmission. Um, they're located right in the heart of Glen Burnie, they've only been there for 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds over taking it to the dealers for repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple 
To provide excellent service at a reasonable price, go to their website at gbt-online.com to check out all of their five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. And then i got to tell you about the print edition of PressBox. That is right. The print edition of PressBox on the cover right now is, and I said I was going to, there we go. On the cover right now, Greg Swatek dives into the 100th edition of the annual Baltimore tradition, the Turkey Bowl, the game between Loyola and Calvert Hall that took place on Thanksgiving Day. Plus, both Smolka profiles, Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes, who returned midway through the year and after being out entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the Ravens' defense. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. We'll be back to close things out from the live Casino Hotel Studios after these words. Pizza Blitz, the favorite pizza place of offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman and his wife Nikki invites you to try all of their Italian specialties. Pizza Blitz makes their entire menu with classic Italian family recipes. The dough and everything else is made fresh every day. Pizza Blitz, located in Quarry Lake, is the perfect family stop for great pizza as well as incredible wings, subs, and salads. You can even BYOB. Pizza Blitz is located at 2622 Quarry Lake Drive, just inside the Beltway. See the full menu at pizzablitzcorylake.com. PressBox's Project Game Day is back as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime with various guests joining him the moment the game wraps up, including the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, PressBox's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. PressBox's Project Game Day is made possible by great partners. Costa Sid, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like PressBox on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sports And watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh. Real fast. Real Baltimore. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Greg Swatek dives into the 100th edition of a Baltimore tradition, the annual Turkey Bowl game between Loyola and Calvert Hall. Plus, Bo Smoka profiles Ravens linebacker Josh Pines, who returned midway through the season after being entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the Ravens' defense. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container, and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three-cheese mac and cheese, cheddar, parmesan, and romano combined in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. 
restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A. 410-931-0031. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. We are back, and uh, as I said, the final word. Boy, I've been remiss. The Orioles winter warm-up started at 11 o'clock. I, I said I was going to plug it several times during the show. It goes until 2 o'clock. There's uh, uh, Rob Long is hosting a talk with Orioles Brass there. There's going to be part of the new staff there. Uh, You're going to, they're giving away blankets and things of that They're giving away all kinds of stuff out there. There's food trucks to enjoy. Also, most importantly, they're selling ticket packages, something the Orioles haven't done. You know, when I say packages, I'm not talking about full season tickets. I'm talking about if you want to buy somebody two or three games uh, for for the holiday Christmas season, or something, you know, yeah. something like that. So stop by. It's right there on. It's right there in front of the warehouse. Right. Right. What do you call that? The front of the warehouse. Uh, that's what I would call it. <laughs> but uh, the parking's back on A lot. A lot, right, right, right. A BC lot. But uh, tr- try and get out there today. I'm heading down there now. I'll be there about 12:45 for about a 45 minutes to an hour. All right. All right. An- anxious to see what they have in store at the winter warm-up there. All right. Craig, I appreciate your being here. I yep. hope you can make it next week. Ryan McGittigan's given us his two-week notice. That means we have him for just one more week. One more time for everyone to join the show and see my beautiful face. Yeah. Craig, I, I know. And you know he goes out just like Bonza Tufa did, talking about his beautiful face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you see Bonza's comments the other day about he never had more fun than any time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the hell? What the hell's going on? What the there? hell's going on there? Are yeah. we chopped liver or what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh? Sounds like he's got a woman. Huh? Well, there. Oh boy. Well, now wait a minute. Remember what I said about the over under on right. the uh, <laughs> on the internet kicking right. out here? Yeah. I think we need to get that contest going That's too. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> I'll one take thing the over we on that. We, the one thing we know is the over under. He's going to get more speeding tickets than two and a half. Ah, there's no question. Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, we thank you for joining in. Holiday season is about uh, bounding in front of us. So have a great holiday week, uh, week and two or three, whatever, get into New Year's and treat everybody nice around you. That's one of the great uh, speeding stories of all time. Yes. Was the, get, was the Bill Latson story. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. coming back from uh, Florida. Kissimmee. Right. And he's coming back to Melbourne right. after the uh, Nats were over in uh, Kissimmee playing the Astros. Right. And I get back. I said, what took you so long? He says, ah, I got stopped for speeding. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, ah, I got pulled over for speeding. And this is back when 192 between both places was like one lane. Right. Now it's so two. What was the now, speed now, limit now, now it's 50? It was like time? 55, whatever. Right. So now it's two lanes each way. So you said. And I said to him, pull? I said, what did you get pulled over for? And he said, speeding. I said, how fast were you going? He goes, mm-hmm. I was going 90. <laughs> and I said, build. The speed limit's 55. And he goes, I know. I said, why were you doing 90? He says, I was pissed off with John Roush. (laughs) 
All right. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy it. And, again, treat everybody around you pretty nice this time of year. Bye.